The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Good morning. You're listening to The Nonprofit Voice with Ron Gold. 2024 is my 50th year in radio, and this year I will be highlighting the people in nonprofits who've been featured on my shows in the past 10 years on 103.9 FM, Long Island News Radio, who've made a difference in the lives of people with disabilities. The Nonprofit Voice is a division of marketing works and event works. Today's featured agency is... In the Room Media with Sky Ostriker. How you doing, Sky? I'm fantastic. It's so great to be here with you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you for coming on here. For those who don't know, Sky Ostriker, aka the political personality, is here with us in studio on Long Island News Radio. What's going on? We're here. We're pumped. But before we begin, want to just give a shout out to our sponsors. This show is sponsored by the Colca Group and Winters Brothers Waste Systems. With your new co-host, Mike LaPetri, former New York State Assemblyman and host of The Mike LaPetri Show, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Mike LaPetri to hear me speak with industry leaders, public figures, and experts going beyond the headlines on these issues and effect and topics affecting we Long Islanders. But here today, we're talking about you. In the room, Media Sky, this has been excellent. I know you have been a political figure all across Long Island, New York City, New York State, where you have been involved. Can you give us some background about In the Room Media? Yeah, thank you. Um, my role has been connecting the public and private sectors. And really, when you think of what nonprofits want, right, sometimes they want government funding, sometimes they advocate on behalf of things and, and raise money and raise awareness. And with the community and with public officials and with other industry leaders and everyone gets together at these beautiful parties that some of these nonprofits host. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where all the mixing and mingling happens and everyone wants to be in the room where it happens, hence in the room media. Is that the real origin or purpose of why you founded that name was making sure because you are somebody that's always present at these events, always in the room? Yes. Like everyone wants to be in the room. Now, when, when people follow your notable personality, your notable figure in an influencer on social media. When people are following you, what are they seeing mostly? What are you showcasing? They're seeing the personal and private lives of our public officials. We know them mostly as policymakers and legislators that are opinionated because that's what the news tells us. Right. But when you spend time with these people at these parties or off the cuff, when you're with them in Albany, when you're with them on Long Island, when you go to the same nonprofit organization, fundraisers and meetings, you're learning a little bit more about the way that they think and feel. You're learning about their passions. You're seeing their interests. You see if any of these issues hit home for them because of a child that they have or a parent that they have or a family member. So that's what helps us humanize them, right? The first step in making a friend is, oh, you like that? I like that too. And, and a, friend buds. And a friendship buds. is formed. Exactly. <laughs> so, so on my page is I go to a lot of these events all over New York and learn about the other side of the story so that when things get divisive in the mainstream news media, we can bring it back to center with ways that we can all get along and collaborate. And I think that's what you're really shining a light on is specifically that you're showing the other element, the other side to these political figures, not just issues, not just policies that divide us, but you're looking at the unity side of how can we bring people together, not only the political figures, but then the grassroots, the 
community and then also with the organizations, their missions. Have you been working with a lot of different organizations or nonprofits or community entities uh, throughout this time? Yeah. So the way I'll explain the best way to work with a nonprofit, you save all you fundraise for your big gala whenever that is, and you get everyone there, you have a keynote speaker, you invite different public officials into the room, there's hundreds of people there, it's red carpet, it's black tie, whatever it is, all out, you go all out for your annual gala. Right. And you may have a photographer there, you may have a videographer there, most of these organizations just have a photographer. But even with a videographer, you have a recap video, you film the whole thing, you have a recap video that's five minutes, 10 minutes, what can you do with that And who's featured in it? So my angle is I come in the room because I worked as a lobbyist for 10 years and I've been in this industry for 15 years, my whole career. I know a lot of these movers and shakers and policymakers and and leaders in the community. So grabbing, now we're seeing with social media also, what's most effective on social media? Short little video clips. Right, the reels. The Instagram reels, the TikTok videos, the shorts, YouTube shorts. It's all under 60 seconds. So with that in mind, at these different galas, going there, being in the room, getting sound bites from some of the key leaders, whether they're your biggest members or donors, whether they are public officials and legislators, whether that is a keynote speaker that comes from somewhere in life where this nonprofit helped them in some way, or they Mm -hmm. give back because they're advocating for this cause for change, grabbing sound bites from all those people, then all of a sudden you have all this usable, tangible, short form content that can then be distributed over the rest of the year, it's right. evergreen content with your brand on it as a nonprofit showing that these are the people in the room during your gala. Yeah, you're reviving essentially the big night and showcasing it to thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of viewers over a year span so that that one night doesn't get confined to only those few hours. But now people are getting exposed to the nonprofits, missions, goals, and speakers that were present to showcase exactly what they're all about. I find that fascinating. Have you been seen, have you been met with a lot of support? Um, do you have a lot of the staff? Like, how do you do it? So it's a, it's a new ish concept, right? Like I spoke with, um, some people that work in the nonprofit world and they manage a few different clients. They're in the event space. And what they've shared with me is that they've been able to hire a video team or they've been able to hire an MC, but they don't have someone who can do it all. And not to pat myself on the back that I could do it but, all, but, I, but, but I'm, I'm like uniquely positioned because I understand the political landscape and the, the social media climate and that space and, and what looks good. And I don't look that bad on camera myself. <laughs> I happen to walk in there with a smile. It's approachable. It's approachable. Exactly. So people feel easy off the cuff. They can share something in a candid moment that plays really well on social media, a world where we are yearning for transparency. I think that many nonprofits today, they want to showcase, they just don't know how. And that's where you're really stepping in to show, to send to them a message that I could help you in all these different avenues, but most importantly on the social media world. What about connecting with the community? Many times it's all about 
bringing awareness where do people even know we exist? These nonprofits, right? There's so many now. How do you cut through the noise? How do you really help them stand out within their communities? So even taking what I'm saying into consideration, these tiny sound bites, where do you put them? You can put them all over any social media platform, wherever your audience is the biggest. A lot of these nonprofits have, whether it's a Facebook presence, an Instagram mm-hmm. presence, a Twitter presence, X, X. TikTok presence. Elon, shout out Elon. <laughs> YouTube presence, but you can um, engage with a broader audience with these shorter clips. And of course, it goes directly to the community. And it's a benefit for the nonprofit because they're able to showcase in these short form clips to the community and to their audience who is there and what what it is they're doing. And on the flip side, the electeds or whatever leaders you choose to showcase are more than happy to post on their pages Mm -hmm. that they're there raising money, raising awareness for a specific cause because it helps humanize them. What what about in the sense of bringing the attention beyond the the government side? So, so what if the what if you have community people that are just that are are pushing pushing back at it or the internal politics of nonprofit world? How do you help cut through that noise in the sense for the social media specifically? Um, where you can just bring it all together in unity. Because have you seen that at all with the people you've worked with where sometimes politics interfered with the mission for the nonprofits? Of course. And if that's the case, it all comes back to storytelling. I know I speak with a lens on government because that's my background and, and where I have the relationships and connections. But it's all about storytelling. That's what impacts us the most when you hear about whatever child it was or an elderly person that was impacted or how this health scare and now they're here at this nonprofit that's raising money for this specific thing in this world, you know, sharing that story, a human story. And that's what people remember. Yeah. What are some examples of nonprofits or government entities that you've worked with out here uh, on on the island or elsewhere that you really helped showcase them and bring bring attention to what they're doing? Yeah, all across Nassau and Suffolk counties. This is where I began my career and throughout New York City. And I just got back from Albany where I was for a few days for a big conference. But it's really, it's any industry, any industry. What, what, was, what were we doing at that conference? That was the New York State Economic Development Council conference. So what was that all about? So it was mostly about economic development, but in the same vein, I know it's not necessarily related to nonprofits, but anything economic development, if you're looking to build something or resurrect well, crucial, something yeah. in your community, you need the buy-in from the local advocacy groups, the nonprofits, and so-and-so, all the different community collaborators that are third-party testimonial givers to this organization or to this project. What made you want to start? Like, what was the impetus for you and your career to really change? You just talked about you were a lobbyist for all the for a decade, but now you, you segued into becoming the political personality and founder of In the Room Media. What was? How does that change happen? Well, I was regional director on the Mike Bloomberg presidential campaign, which ended on March 4th, 2020, and then the world shut down on March 13th, 2020. So I went through my phone book. I have about 18,000 people in my phone. (laughs) A lot of them are our hyper-local public officials. And I invited them each on Zoom with me to talk about what was happening in their hyper-local capacities during the pandemic. And it turned into this video interview series, which then morphed into partnerships with the Long Island Herald right here on the South Shore of Long Island, then Schneps Media, the owners of the Long Island Mm -hmm. Press and Dan's Papers out in the Hamptons. 
um, and then two years with city and state. And now I'm working on my own with these businesses to continue to elevate the good work that they're doing because more often than not, when you read the news, it's a lot of negative stuff. But yet there's gems and amazing people that are doing amazing work all over that deserve to be elevated in order to change the narrative so that people wake up feeling happy when they read news headlines and watch social media videos as opposed opposed to feeling down and out. How how many people would you say that, that first year in 2020 you interviewed uh, just to get a read on. I mean, between I announced like March 23rd that I was launching this video series. And by April 21st, I had 70 video interviews. And that included <laughs> Kathy Hochul, who was lieutenant governor at the time. Oh, and, wow. and Eric Adams, who was Brooklyn Borough president at the time. And just about everyone in between. And then from there, you just kept just building off of that. Yep, I built off of that. And then in 2021 was a big election in New York City. We were getting a new mayor. More than half of the city council seats were up, borough president seats, district attorneys. Yeah, well, Long Island also had that same amount of huge huge votes uh, to change in Nassau County and Suffolk County alike. So were you able to interview each, each and every one of them or some of those involved? Yeah, that's how I famously got to know our Suffolk County District Attorney, Ray Tierney. I had him on my show and he was not the incumbent. Yeah, that was a big that was a big election. And well, we did a Zoom interview and I thought, gee, like I like this guy. Mm-hmm. He told me about how he played college football at Brown, talked about his daughters, talked about how he doesn't think that the district attorney should be a partisan seat. You shouldn't be in one party or another because it's a lawmaking judgment calling seat. And we had like a real conversation. And that's not what the normal news media was asking no. him at the time. They were asking him his opinion about abortion and his opinion about whatever he should have an opinion about. Yeah, policy oriented as opposed correct. to just prosecuting the law. Correct. And enforcing the law, which is what Ray was all about, specifically with his history, even working in the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, for the Eastern District of New York. He was somebody that was focused on upholding the law no matter what political side of the aisle. Uh, whether it be Republican or Democrat or independent, if you violated the law, he was going to prosecute. And that's how it should be. And that's what people should know the law to be and how our officials govern. I think it was a pivotal moment, too, uh, within Suffolk County. And and by you bringing that awareness, you would think that many many of the news outlets would have had that digital uh, reach where it's beyond just the print, but more focused on bringing that character and personality of the of the elected officials to light, specifically for their communities and their representative areas, so that people get to see who they are and what they're all about. But that's just not the case. When you were reaching out to different media outlets in 2020, what, what was their responses? I mean, these media outlets like the Herald and, and Schnapps Media and even City and State, they're traditional print media outlets, whether they have a weekly circulation, a daily circulation, it's, yeah, they have a website, but there's no real video component. And I think it was a combination of things, right? It was a, it was during the pandemic, everyone went on Zoom. We all know what Zoom is now. We're all used to FaceTiming with one another and seeing each other as a way to connect. So it was the perfect opportunity. Kids were able to connect with Wi-Fi and and work from home, like kids in the snowstorm the other day. It was just like, okay, we're going to work on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So it was the, the evolution of the times and the pandemic to connect people digitally And then the need for transparency in government because the world was so divisive. Trump was in office. We had no idea how long this pandemic would last. We would just hear about him and Dr. Fauci and we would hear from Governor Cuomo. Those were the only people that we would hear from Mm -hmm. politically on the news during that time. Um, 
So then this evolution with social media, which the mayor of New York City just said it it is a public health hazard Mm -hmm. to children, social media. But yet that is the number one place where people get their news information and communicate with one another social media it is the public square of the present in the past people used to get together in person in the town squares and exchange goods services and ideas and now they do that right here in the palm of their hand i think so many people too you've seen where the phone the telephone has evolved and now the cell phone i mean has evolved to be on you at all times. It's yeah. a, it's an article of clothing, frankly, that people wear every single day, uh, morning, noon, and night. And they're looking to, and they're looking for the information. They're looking for entertainment. They're looking for education. And so you're providing basically that harmony of the three for your different businesses and organizations so that the community is aware of it in a deeper way than just simple superficial article or a quick 30-second soundbite. You're, right. you're providing those thorough examination over and over and over again through that social media. It's pop culture meets policy. Yeah, and people, I mean, it's, it's, a, and it's a tough blend. It really is because many times people that are into pop culture are not into policy. Many people, many times people who are into policy are not into pop culture. I, for one, can tell you I don't give a damn about uh, the Kardashians or anything of the sort. But people love them, and people tune in, and all that, and and so that's uh, I think that that's what you're bringing on the social media side, where it's like, I mean, look what Taylor Swift did for the NFL recently. Taylor did not do anything for the <laughs> NFL. The media did that for the NFL. The girls just trying to date a guy, and the guys just trying to play some football, and apparently do commercials for Pfizer. So, but but meanwhile, you have. Uh, uh, the media that just likes to blow up stuff. And that's why I think for you, you're kind of, you're, you're not kind of, you're providing that alternative. But you just said it, the media likes to blow stuff up. And that's exactly what we're seeing, especially social media. And I would differ with you. I think Taylor <laughs> Swift did attract a different type of demographic to the NFL strictly because of social media and a younger demographic following her, especially young girls. Yeah, there were a large there's a large contingency that was more excited about her kiss with Travis Kelsey than uh, the actual Super Bowl <laughs> victory in overtime. But that's neither here nor there. That's just facts of the matter. So your way in, in essence is that you get to capture both sides of the aisle, whether it be political partisanship or even interests of policy and pop culture. Do you find yourself traveling all over? Like what is the, what is the life of an influencer like yourself, like where you're helping these different organizations and nonprofits? Well, I show up to a lot of these conferences and events because I'm invited by these different types of leaders, whether it is nonprofit or for profit with different corporations and businesses. And I have some clients in that space too that I work with. And then I'll get invited socially to a lot of these scenes. And then it helps build my network and brand awareness and take pictures and take videos at these events, which then serve as a marketing engine to showcase what I do. And the more people following along in 
and engaging. That's that's what how our world goes around I'm nowadays. Just picturing, I'm just picturing you just going like, "Hey, I'm Sky. What's up? Let's talk about you and what's going on. And and hey, are you aware of this going on? And how does that interact with you? Like, is that what the conversations are? Yeah, I get people on camera, and I, you know, we talk lightheartedly in the beginning, and then I say, you know, tell me what you're thinking about this. How does that impact you? Or what do you want people to know about what it is that you're doing? Like, I just met with Hope Knight, the head of Empire State Development, and I said, what do you want the public to know about your role what did she say and she explained it economic development hyperlocal, regional economic development and what she oversees and how she works with the economic development council as her advocacy arm yeah but like economic development i think people hear that and they're just like this is so boring but meanwhile it has so much influence and uh, effect on your daily life like you have to know what that is because it's always around you many many nonprofits, they're also seeking those type of economic developments, whether it be for the brick and mortar uh, offices or whatever it may, or perhaps for facilities, et cetera, to roll out their services. I mean, people need that and they need to be aware and you're providing that knowledge and information. Yeah. People need to be connected. People Connection is key. And I think in this day and age where more and more people, they're, they're relying on that on that phone, on social media for that connection, whether it be likes, right, views, following, all that stuff, who's following who, who's liking who, who's who's sliding into whose DMs. And it's, I think people are looking more for an outlet that's going to generate that positivity and uh, happiness where overall it's not just always going to be critiquing or, or uh, no, it's insulting. An, it's, right. It's, 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 it can it's, be an advocacy tool and a tool of harmony. And tool of truth too. I think that's key. But listen, Sky, this has been absolutely wonderful to have you on. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who uh, have not heard, this is the fabulous, the fantastic Sky Ostriker, the political personality and founder of In The Room Media. Thanks, Sky. Thank you.